Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for more sports talk as we are talking Week 9 in the National Football League. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and joining me today is Bill Needles. How the heck are you, Bill? I am doing very well, thank you. All right, great to have you back. Bill, just slowly, one week at a time, grinding his way back up to 500. I love to see it. Uh, Also with us, rounding out our trifecta, as always, is a man who, like myself, uh, having a rough 2021 as far as the spreads go. Craig, how the heck are you, bud? Uh, We'll see. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... There, A couple of the ones last week, man. Like, I don't... What... The Colts one was particularly upsetting, I gotta say. And I think the Chargers just like what the Colts and the Chargers did to us last week was just just straight up rude. Quite frankly, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Well, the, the Chargers do sort of in the second quarter. I'm like, okay, we're we're in a bad way here. And the way that it worked out is, I had uh, I had a relatively large ticket where the Chargers. Uh, well, I had the Chargers and the Saints as the last two on the the, the four team ticket. And the Saints kind of looked all afternoon like that was going to be fine. I had five points. But I knew the Chargers were going to let me down, and they did. Oh, so upsetting, especially when and like I I needed a good sec. I needed a quality second half from Trevor Simeon to keep me from having my first five in a week in like two and a half years. <laughs> so wow, like that's it's it is it has not been good for me. But uh, well, we're just going to kind of put our heads and 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 plow through, I guess, into week nine, and and what a week it is. It's shaping up to be with injuries and COVID concerns and and just just a lot of nonsense. Wow, we uh, I don't know I don't know what to say. So what what do you what do you say? We just dive right into week nine, and we start with a pretty insane banger of a Thursday night matchup, guys. The New York Jets are heading into Indianapolis to take on the Colts, and the Colts are a ten and a half point favorite going into this one. Colts. Five and three against the spread, and the New York Jets, I believe, are not too bad. No, they're only two and five against the spread, and I'm guessing the only two times they've covered are during their two victories because they are two and five coming off a pretty big upset. What a what a crazy upset! Seventeen fourth quarter points in order to uh, upset. Well, it was seventeen fourth quarter points plus some weird clock management decisions. Robert Sala has got to work on that, I think, in the off season. Uh, he just isn't used to. He just doesn't know what to do when he's ahead right now, being the coach of the Jets. But uh, it is what it is. Billy Colts getting ten and a half against the Jets. What do you think? I'm not laying ten and a half with the Colts. Give me the Jets. Give me the points. Uh, it's just too high. Um, <clears throat> too many points for a team that yes, the Jets are terrible, but the Colts aren't anything to brag about. So I'm taking the points here, and I'll assume that there's enough mistakes where I, it ends up being close enough. The New York Jets are 28th in DVOA. The Indianapolis Colts, surprisingly, 10th in DVOA in the top 10. They, yeah, they, the analytics and the sharp guys like the Colts. The Colts should have won that, like that, that, that game against the Titans needs to be put in like the Smithsonian or something in terms of like what not to do when you get a lead or when you get a chance to win the game. And I was tell I, I was texting Craig as it happened because that like I had the Colts at plus one, which I took last uh, week on the podcast. But the game as it kept going, the Sharps were laying so much money that the game got to Tennessee plus three plus three. And I said, well, I've got to try to middle this game. And when the Colts were driving. 
after that pass interference went down, I immediately messaged Craig and I said, if they go for two, which I assume they would do because Frank Reich is the, it was, is the coach of that team. I said, if they go for two, it doesn't matter what happens to me. I've got this, like, and I stand to make a lot of money. I was going to be, pre- I was going to be pretty, pretty toasty as far as uh, money was going because I was going to hit the middle. But when I saw, I, it wasn't even Rodrigo Blankenship, whoever the heck it was, lining up for the extra point. I, I don't know. My spirit left my body when I saw that, and it it continued floating upwards to the heavens. I guess when the guy actually made it, because then I would was rooting for the tie in overtime. Ugh, so bad. Um, I, yeah, I just couldn't believe Frank Wright kicked the extra point, especially the way Wentz was just, Wentz tried several times to give that game away. I, I couldn't believe he was like, let me put it in the hands of a coin flip. Uh, not the sexiest Thursday night matchup. Craig, what do you think? Colts laying 10 and a half against the New York Jets and a white guy quarterback. Uh, yeah, white looked pretty good, didn't he? He didn't look too bad. Like, you know, like the Bengals' defense has been relatively decent this season. They had an ugly game on Sunday. But I thought that – I thought Mike White looked pretty good. I think that the awkward thing about this, if you're the Jets, is I think for most of the year, from a Jets fan perspective, you've been thinking, well, Wilson looks bad, but that's because there's not a whole lot going on around him, and that's been really difficult. And therefore, that's why Wilson looks bad. Now, all of a sudden – Let's just say White comes out and plays well in this game against Indianapolis. Plays well on a Thursday. Plays well for the second time in five days. That'll be two more real good games than than Wilson has. That becomes an awkward situation for the Jets. You thought this was going to be your franchise guy, and this random dude you just sort of found somewhere is doing more with the same players around him than the guy that's supposed to be your franchise guy? That's going to be an awkward thing. So we'll see if White plays well this week, but it's going to be... Interesting to see how that goes. Uh, I definitely want the Jets on the uh, on the number though here. Ten and a half is too high. I I think I'm gonna do something that might surprise the pair of you, and that being, I might be laying the points with the Colts this week because I think I do think the Colts are closer to the plus ten in DVOA or the to the tenth ranked DVOA team than they are the team we just saw. I just feel like the public is going to be on the Jets in this one, and and I'm going to fade the public and take the Colts because I think the like the public sentiment is likely going to be they just saw the Jets come out and White through as you said Craig through some great passes. I mean, if not for basically through a touchdown, what could have been a touchdown of the year candidate, if not for a a, a bobbled football in that stupid complete the process thing costing them a a pretty crazy touchdown. And then the Colts blew that game up 14 to nothing and then could have, you know, went for two but didn't and lost the game in overtime. And just, just Carson Wentz with one of the worst picks you'll ever see, switching to his left hand and throwing it from his own end zone. I just, like, what the hell was that? But I, I think the public is going to look at this and say, okay, the Jets just had one of their best wins or, or just came back and had a, a win against a really good team and the Colts blew it against the Titans. Why wouldn't I take the 10 with the Jets? Because they look pretty good. And then the Jets end up being reverting to the Jets again and getting shellac. So that's what I'm going to bet on. So I might be laying the points with the Colts this Thursday. I do agree that I would prefer to not have the 10.5 point hook, but yeah, because like 10 is obviously a key number for this, this game. Is what I'm thinking about, though. Here's what I'm thinking about is 
The Colts, the Colts are 10th in DVOA, yes, but that's mostly on the strength of their defense, of course. They're 19th in offensive DVOA. How many points do you need the Colts to score in this game to cover that 10.5-point spread? And are they going to do that in a short week? Like, what is, is, is this a game that winds up with a 17-7 to 7 type of final where there isn't a whole lot going on? And if that's the case, you're not covering the spread. Yeah, and and that, yeah, and that's why that ten, you know, the ten is a key is this, number for this game, right? Yeah. Is this just not? Does this not just feel like a sloppy game where there just aren't a lot of points scored overall? So therefore, having ten and a half is just going to put you in a really good position. The over under would suggest would uh, offer up what you're suggesting there as well, because the over under is only forty six, so it's it's tough to cover ten and a half points with forty six. It would have to be a game like the Broncos played with the Jets. Uh, in what was it week two or whatever, Craig, where the final score was like 26 to nothing or whatever. And like the jets get skunked again. Yeah, exactly. Jets yeah. don't score anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, we'll that, see. That, Cause that's kind of what you're hoping for. Or, or you're hoping for the Colts to score on defense, which is of course entirely possible. And there, there were, there were a few people who suggested on the weekend uh, or, or after Sunday that uh, 20 years later, after, you know, the, the near anniversary of Mo Lewis knocking out Drew Bledsoe, paving the way for Tom Brady. The New England Patriots knock out Zach Wilson, paving the way for Mike White. Paving the way for Mike. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I mean, how delicious would that be, honestly, if that, if that was how it ended, if it ended up like that. And, that and then the, the, the Patriots get haunted for the next 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, hell of a twist. Sure you would. Um, all right, so that's the Thursday night matchup. Not exactly the best. Uh, heading to Sunday night, first matchup. Again, not kicking off a great one here. The Houston Texans are heading to Miami to take on the Dolphins, both 7-1 and one teams. The Dolphins are laying 6.5. This is freaking gross. The problem for me with this one is we don't know if, Ty- if Tyrod Taylor's playing in this game. Tyrod Taylor is playing in this game. If you think he is going to play in this game or you have inside information, and if you do, please share it with me, uh, then you want to get the Texans plus the 6.5 right now because then not only do I like the Texans plus the 6.5, but I like them on the money line. That said, if you don't like... If, Tyra, if, if Davis Mills is in this game, not only... I mean, I don't want the Dolphins plus the six and a half, but I all of a sudden like the Dolphins as a sneaky survivor pool candidate if you're still alive in week nine. Because this is this is you're going to be your one and only shot to use the uh, to use the Miami Dolphins. Bill, what do you say about this? Dolphins laying six and a half. Yeah, I, I think both these teams are abysmal, but I, I, I think Miami's better. Um so as a survivor pick, if you really want to roll the dice this week and, and have some good teams going, I think Miami's a very sneaky pick. But on the actual spread, I I think I got to take the points here. It's just two terrible teams. Either one could do something worse than the other. I take the points here and hope it's close. DVOA would suggest it's closer than you think. Miami ranked 27th, Houston 31. So both bottom and uh, ranked teams. Craig, where are you on Texans Dolphins? Well, there's one thing I do know about this game <laughs> is that Scott Hansen, you should not show this game. Oh man. Uh, why? Why would why? Like there, there's going to be enough stuff going on on Red Zone on Sunday that I have no interest in this coming up on my screen. Um. 
I am going to say that I would want the Texans, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I want to wait to see who the quarterback is. But even then, like I, I just don't know if I can give up seven points betting on this Miami team against anyone. Yeah, it's it's what a weird season this is. So many people came in high. I know I did. I'm pretty sure their under is dead or their over is dead now, which I took at the one and like yes. at the one and seven, right? Like, yeah. Let me quickly see if I can find that. Here's but, uh, the thing with, with Miami is the offense being 25th is like not like super shocking like it's something that you're like oh okay this may have happened especially when you factor in all the guys they've had missed time uh tiger by low missed time parker's missed some time uh but then you factor that in with the fact that the defense is 26 well they've had some injuries there as well uh there are a lot of problems with this team the offensive line is the the the, the, the apex of those problems but yes they should be better than this yeah, the Dolphins over-under was nine, so they need to run the table in order for you to cover that over. and, and Or, you know, they can only lose one rest away for you to get your money back. So, wow, in week eight, no less. not e- Or in week nine, not, didn't even reach double-digit ga- uh, weeks. That is not what we thought would happen. And they've done it themselves a couple of times, too. They should probably have one or two more wins. Ah, uh, I think I agree with you that I think you just take Houston plus the six and a half here and then hope that Tyrod Taylor starts. And like I said, if Davis Mills is starting this, perhaps you want the Dol- like the Dolphins are a sneaky, sneaky uh, survivor pick if you're feeling if you're feeling crazy in week nine. I do not feel crazy. <laughs> uh, next up, your boy is Craig. The Denver Broncos head into Dallas to take on the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Not only a seven and one NFL record, or sorry, six and one NFL record, but perhaps an even more impressive seven and zero against the spread right now. Super impressive. Um, your boys traded uh, longtime Denver Bronco Von Miller to the Los Angeles Rams this week, so that that was a moment. You, you, you said you wanted to say something about uh, Von Miller, so uh, whatever you would like to say, well, go ahead. I, I did want to talk about that, whereas I think that it's very difficult to argue that this is not probably the second most significant Denver player of all time. Other than really? You, like who, who over Terrell Davis? Him? More, well, more time on. Yeah, true. Eight number Super Bowl MVP, more Pro Bowl. Shannon Sharp is is part of the conversation. So is Champ Bailey, as far as who would be the next uh, adjusted value on or uh, on uh, on Pro Football Reference would tell you that it's it's Miller. But this is, I think, the second most significant Bronco, I think, of all time. And I think I'd be able to put the, that case together pretty well. This is a player who um, has been through, obviously, some significant ups and downs in Denver. Uh, I kind of thought that after they sort of figured things out last offseason, if they were just, you know, a decent team this year, which I know they're 4-4, four and four, but it's, it's, it's not exactly reflective of where they stand in the league, this 4-4, four and four. Uh, that I thought, you know, maybe sixth round through this year and winds up being a career Bronco. That does not wind up being the case. Uh, he himself said that he might have a situation like Shannon Sharp did, where he leaves for a bit and comes back. And that's something that he's been thinking about. And I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, we'll see what goes on there. But it, it just was a, a crappy day. Um, even though the, the Broncos got a, an unquestionably very good return, Ownership stood up and said, OK, we, uh, we'll pay Vaughn's contract in order to get a better return. They get a second and a third for him. 
which is, you know, it's it's a pretty good deal. They got two day two picks in exchange for a guy who's a free agent coming up this spring. But it was a crappy day from the perspective of you just sort of always had in your mind, hey, maybe Miller is is, is a career Bronco and a guy who plays uh, in Denver throughout the entirety of the career. Um, or that, that just isn't something that happens a whole lot in the NFL. But you thought, hey, maybe he's going to be, you know, a Larry Fitzgerald S guy where he plays for one team the whole time. Um, and it didn't go down that way. And that's that's just disappointing. And you come back to all the quarterback decisions that have been made sort of in this in this era of this front office, which other than, hey, what if we sign Peyton Manning? Every quarterback decision has been bad. Every single one has gone poorly. And Bridgewater has been fine. Like I, I, he hasn't been, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been bad. He's in the middle of the road. He's been what you'd expect. But other than, Hey, let's sign Peyton Manning. Every quarterback decision has gone wrong. And you, if they had just gotten one of those, right. Then I don't know if we're having this conversation about Von Miller today. I think that Von Miller is playing for Denver this week and uh, the Broncos in a much better spot. So it, uh, it sucks. They got a good return, but you know, you move on and uh, I, uh, I hope the Rams win the Super Bowl. Yeah, me too. Uh, Two two things I want to say about Von Miller. One, he is single-handedly responsible for the second biggest score of my sports gambling career with that Super Bowl 50 MVP, and the the number one being the uh, the second Giants Super Bowl against the Patriots. But uh, just a just oh man, he was a monster in that Super Bowl. If I ever meet Von Miller, I'm gonna give him a big kiss on the lips. Tongue no tongue, his choice for the amount of money he got me with that. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. The other question I have, which is uh, more significant, is was this done to get more draft picks for the acquisition of one Aaron Rodgers, who we'll get to later, Craig? Yeah, I was going to say, he was in the news this week too, wasn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> here's the, I don't know if it was Rodgers specifically. However, what I will say is that maybe the Broncos are thinking – well, Russell Wilson might be available. Yeah, so that's another that's another name for sure. Yeah, off season, and maybe it's a matter of there will be a veteran quarterback who's one of these elite ones for us to go get. So let's just load up on picks. Now, here's the part the part that I thought was bizarre and strange. They could have loaded up on on some late round picks and got even more. Like, are you, are you telling me the Saints wouldn't have been willing to give up some stuff for Teddy Bridge? water on deadline based on what happened with Jameis Winston I'm going to go ahead and guess they would have done such things because Teddy knows the playbook so if we're being serious about hey let's just sort of strip down for parts here they could have stripped even further but Miller specifically was the only guy that went and I guess it was just a matter of uh he was the only guy for whom the price was met yeah I, I, I heard that floated out that why why didn't the Saints go and get Teddy Bridgewater based on the fact that uh, Jameis Winston is Torres ACL like, yeah yeah Winston's yeah. Why? Well, so why wouldn't the Titans go get Melvin Gordon's a free agent at the end of this year too? So why wouldn't they have at least said, "Hey, yeah, we'll give you a fifth for Melvin Gordon"? If you're the Broncos, why wouldn't you just say yes? Uh, Kyle Fuller, there's another one. You don't think there are teams that would have parted with some stuff for Kyle Fuller? Denver would have had to eat money on that one, but it's just uh, it's a it's a matter that it's a matter of uh, it's a matter of them trying to, I suppose still be somewhat competitive and not get run over the rest of the year. I just don't know what value is in that to some extent. Because mm-hmm. I think they're probably going to lose a bunch of games no matter what. Yeah, They probably made a couple of those calls. Uh, Billy, the Cowboys are playing the Broncos this week, and the Cowboys are laying 10 right now. 
Uh, uh, the 10-line, I'm assuming, means Dak Prescott will uh, will be making his uh, comeback from his uh, little foot injury there that uh, they said he could have played, or his calf injury, I think it was. They said he could have played on Sunday, but they just didn't need to. And then uh, Cooper Rush, man, Coop, there it is, coming up with a big win on the road against your Vikings, unfortunately. Well, I, that's the decision that the Cowboys are making from the following perspective. Mm-hmm. That if you look at the stand in the NFC East, the Cowboys are six and one. And the Eagles are three and five. Yep. And I think the Cowboys are making the decision. Yeah, uh, the Cowboys are making the decision from this perspective. We are getting a home playoff game. Let's not mess around with Dax Calf here. Let's just you know see if we can escape Minnesota with a win, which they did, and uh, and go from there. So I think that they uh, they made a good call, and uh, now I think they're going to be uh, ready to have a really nice second half here. I think the Cowboys are a legit contender. I, I agree with you. Billy, Cowboys minus 10. What say you? Yeah, I absolutely hate laying this many points, but I, I think in this scenario, I, I kind of want to. I, I I think Dallas will be able to keep Denver fairly limited, and, and I can't see this Denver defense, especially after a hit like they just took, um, putting that much pressure on the QB. I, I think you're going to see Dallas score a lot here, so I'm willing to lay the points with Dallas. I just, I, they can't stay undefeated against the spread forever. Like, <laughs> I hate it when teams go undefeated against the spread because it, to, like, for this deep into the season because it, it absolutely frigs with my judgment because I'm just like, they can't keep covering these high spreads. And then I look at it and I'm like, I think I want the 10, but they're 7-0 against the spread. Something's got to give. Uh, it's just. Uh, I think I agree with you, but this game will probably be a stay away from me, but I'll likely have the, the, the Cowboys on some money line tickets this week. Uh, Craig, what do you actually feel about this, uh, about the minus 10 against your boys there? I think that the Cowboys are the bet. Mm. Okay. I think it's so, just been a weird week in Denver. I think that the Broncos are going to have a lot of trouble stopping the Cowboys. Uh, if you are a Zeke Elliott fantasy owner, I think you're going to have a nice Sunday. Oh, all right. Next up, a game that at the beginning of the season, I, I don't know if we would have been as hyped for it, but I'm, I'm a little hyped for this one. We got the uh, Cleveland Browns heading into Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. The Bengals coming off a pretty, uh, not full embarrassing, but I would say half embarrassing loss against the Jets there, uh, blowing the 14-point lead in the uh, in the fourth quarter there. A bit of a weird one. The Bengals right now are minus two and a half. And I'm here to tell you with the short home favorite, I'm laying the minus two and a half. Because, like, if the Bengals, I, like, I, like it, I'd say that the, this is a stock is low on the Bengals line, is it not? Because if the Bengals just hold on to that 14-point lead or whatever, and let's say they lose by seven or don't blow the 14-point lead and they beat the Jets, even though they don't cover the spread or whatever against the Jets, just by virtue of beating them, isn't this line three, three and a half at least? And I think it's going to get to three by game Probably. time, so I, th- I think we need to get on the Bengals now before it gets up to uh, before it gets up to three at game time. Uh, Billy, what do you think about this? Bengals laying two and a half. Yeah, I, I think they're they're suggesting that these uh, these teams are fairly equal, and, and I don't agree with that. I think the Bengals are a better team than the Browns, so I think I'm getting some free points here, uh, and I'm on the Bengals. And Bengals are another team that have been, there are some teams that have had some bad weeks. And then and the Browns are one of them right now with the like o- Odell Beckham's dad, like making highlight reels and putting them on social media, saying that Baker Mayfield is the guy. The reason my guy sucks. We got LeBron. Odell tweeting. Beckham. I don't yeah. think Odell Beckham's ever going to 
not for this team again. I think that's done now. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, like today and whatnot, I think Odell Beckham is uh, he'll be playing for somebody else within a couple of weeks. True. And we saw that the deal. Yeah, I still think Case Keenum should have started that game last week. I know Baker Mayfield's a a tough guy and he wants to, you know, be be that dude for for this organization. But I I, I really think they should have played Case Keenum last week. But what do I know? I'm not there or a a doctor. Um, Uh, Here's here's something I will say about this, though, before we wrap up on, on Cleveland is their rush offense still really good. The pass offense has been lacking this year. A lot of that is because Baker has been not, not healthy. I, I understand that. But they just have a situation where if if they need to move the ball in the air sort of late in games or late in halves, it just becomes a real, real big-time struggle for them. Part of that is Baker being hurt uh, and playing hurt. Part of that is that Beckham has been ineffective. Uh, but they... They, they, they need and part of that the offensive line has been banged up at the tackle spot but they need some life to that passing attack for sure I think that they're a better team than their record says and DVOA has them six and I think there's a good reason for that um but it just it's a struggle to move the ball in the air at key times yeah so we're all on the Bengals and we're saying go get it now before it gets to three because that half point is obviously a key number uh, next up, your boys, Bill, the Minnesota Vikings going into Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Ravens coming off a bye week, laying six points to your Vikings, who just lost, as I said, to Coop. There it is, Cooper Rush at home. Uh, is this going to be a, a Kirk Cousins cementing his legacy as one of the all-time great trick-or-treat quarterbacks? Is this going to be a trick-or-treat this week from Cousins, Bill? What do you think? I don't know. They should not have lost that game last week. It was frustrating to watch it unfold that way. Um, I, yeah, Den- Baltimore's got an extra week of rest. I-, I like this line where it is because I'm on the fence. I think I'm taking the points here because a- as much as Minnesota hasn't been winning a lot of games, they've done a great job at keeping it pretty close. Uh, so, yeah, they're 3-4, and four, but of those – you know, four losses. I don't know what's what have they lost by a combined number. It's probably not huge. So no. I'm yeah, I, think, I think it'd be less than fourteen. The, yeah, the, the I'm pretty sure I read eleven. I'm pretty. I'm the, the number eleven is stuck in my head for some reason. Yeah, yeah. So that for that reason, I think you if you're getting five and a half with Minnesota, uh, I, I think you got to take it. I, I think so, too. And this is just one of those ones because, like, I briefly, when I was going through who we should take for Survivor, I briefly was thinking, well, maybe we take the Ravens this week. I don't think it's the Ravens. But, and also, you don't want to give Kirk Cousins a chance to, to get you. Because, like, as bad as Cousins looked last week, this week he could go out there against Baltimore in a spot where Minnesota should theoretically on paper get boat raced. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, Jefferson going in for his second touchdown of the game. And, you know, and he, Carson's has got four and Jefferson and Thielen have each got two. And you're like, oh, yeah, that can happen sometimes because they have this incredibly dangerous passing attack. Um, yeah, just and a strange that's something Like this is the people don't realize this with Baltimore uh, just because it goes so far against what this organization has been basically since its existence. Uh, the Ravens are 24th in defensive DVOA. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're getting it done with offense. Yeah, no, the, the Lamar is the reason they're winning games. Uh, the defense is not doing it, and the secondary has really, really struggled. Uh, I look at this game, and to me, like I, I, I think Minnesota covers this game. But something that's really attractive to me is that forty-nine and a half. I think this is an over. Yeah, 
I think, yeah, I, I think both teams both teams are going to be fine in the end zone with some regularity in this football game. That's actually a good bet, and I don't normally go to the over all the time, but that's that that this I feel like this should be like fifty one or fifty two for yeah, sure. This is a reputation. That's the reputation line for the Ravens, um, and a bit of reputation line for Minnesota as well. But now Janil Hunter's out for the season. Um, the defense for Minnesota has been pretty good, uh, but no Hunter. Uh, they're, they're a little bit banged up back there. So Baltimore, I think, finds a way to score some points. I think Minnesota is going to score some points as well. So I, I think the over is a good bet there. All right. So we're all liking the Vikings plus the six here. Oh, I don't know if it's going to be one of a five, but I do. I do think I like that. Uh, next up, the Raiders are playing the New York Giants. God, the Raiders, another team that had just in, in like a, 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 what a year for them. First, the Gruden thing. And now this, this, this rugs thing, which is just seemingly incredibly putrid and awful. And, you know, I'm, I'm gonna not, cause I mean, we're still in the early stages, but it certainly seems like it is what it is in that scenario. And what it is, is unconscionably evil. And well, uh, it's, it's, it's really off. So just to, to, to fill in the, the facts here, this is what the Las Vegas police department says. This is not what the people at the crossover podcast say, but this is what is no. being said by the police department in Las Vegas. Henry Ruggs is more than twice the legal limit. What is mm-hmm. being said by the police department in Las Vegas is Henry Ruggs was traveling at one point in his journey, 150 miles, miles an hour. So convert that yeah. to kilometers. We're talking about well over 200. Uh, yeah. That wasn't the speed impact. But that was his speed uh, earlier in the journey. Uh, impact uh, was less than that, but still obviously uh, far, far faster than one can safely go, even if one is cold sober. Henry Ruggs is not. They, according to the Las Vegas Police Department, there's also a loaded gun in the vehicle, which is, of course, illegal unless it was uh, properly stored in the trunk. As per the law in the state of Nevada, um, I'm going to go ahead and suggest that that was not the case. Otherwise, the police probably would not have put that in the report. So the loaded gun thing is kind of beside the point because that didn't wind up uh, being part of this. But uh, there is a young woman who is 24 years old who has died here. Uh, That we know for sure. And if Henry Ruggs has done the things that the Las Vegas Police Department have said he has done, which um, it feels like they they would not have had to work hard to make this particular case. But we'll see what happens in the court of law. Uh, If that's the case, he has cost this young woman her life which is uh, absolutely horrific. Uh, we're talking about a situation, again, Henry Ruggs is not clearly doing the right thing by any stretch of the imagination, but just about every NFL team, from what I understand, has a service for players and high-level personnel, which is, doesn't matter what time of day or night it is. If you call us, we will come get you immediately, no questions asked, and drop you off at home. Henry Ruggs did not use that service. Instead, he drove 150 miles an hour on the way home according to the Las Vegas Police Department. I would suspect that Henry Ruggs is no longer going to uh, be an NFL player. I think he's played his last snap in the league, which is just absolutely tragic. Because of his uh, alleged horrible decisions, uh, several lives have been irrevocably changed, including his own. Yeah, so like he was cut this morning too, which, you know, that is to be expected. But like by the team. Yeah, uh, yeah. Holy and, God. And to me, though, obviously, you know what? The, the Las Vegas Raiders have security personnel and they have people that would have looked into the claims the Las Vegas Police Department has been making. And the fact they were so quick to cut him tells me that they did that knowing that, hey, you know what? We, we mm-hmm. sort of know what's going to go on with this guy. So why are we going to have this be a pall over the franchise? We're just going to move on here, which um, 
that's 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 really it's 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 really sad. It's an awful story. It's too bad. Yeah, not and a lot of resistance like, there. Ugh. No, yeah, not a lot of resistance. And here's the thing: this was this uh, was was allegedly Henry Rudd's fault, and of course he has to live with this for the rest of his life. Um, but I think you can feel sad for him from the perspective of how could you be so stupid, man? And you can be angry and sad about that at the same time. Um, whereas obviously for this woman, you just feel incredibly sad for her because all she's doing is trying to drive home and she gets smoked by this guy. So it's uh, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's incredibly bad. Well, we're going to attempt to pivot off of this into uh, some some gambling coverage. Not the easiest yes. uh, transition we've ever had, but uh, it is what it is, and we're just going to try to give you a little bit of advice yeah. on this one. And, Billy. Say like that. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's kind of it's, it's what everyone else is going to have to do when talking about the Raiders this week. You're going to have to talk about what's happened here. And then on all the shows, we're going to say, okay, this is a horrible thing that happened. Let's, let's talk about this football game. Cause here's the thing. Um, this is going to have to be something that's mentioned in the context of preparing for this football game, because this, there's going to be a team here that's had, uh, that's had a rough week. And I, I think that the Gruden thing may have been more of a, all right, I'm glad that guy's gone, but this is a bit of a different deal. For sure. Billy, the Raiders are in New York this weekend, but they are getting three points. So uh, three-point home dog, the New York Giants. What do you feel about this one? I I think the, the Raiders are better, but it, it will come down to how much they're affected by all the off-the-field stuff. Um, but I think the Raiders are a significantly better football team than the Giants. I have zero faith in the Giants this year. Uh, so I'm taking the Raiders here. Um and I'm hoping that they just take care of business on Sunday as they should. Raiders are four and three against the spread. The New York Giants are four and four, so both teams pretty evenly matched against the spread. As far as DVOA goes, Las Vegas is 19th, and the New York Giants are 23rd. So this is a pretty close matchup according to the DVOA. As uh, they, this is two bottom half teams. Craig, where are you, where are you on this one, gambling wise? Ah. Uh... I think the Giants, but this is a stay away from me. Um, I think that the Giants look pretty good on Monday night. Now I know they got the short week, but uh, they uh, they look good on on Monday night, and the defense look good, and the defense it, it seems to be improving. Uh, so I think I'd go with the Giants. You know, take the points with the home team, but uh, uh, this is a stay away from me in general. Yeah, I think I'm with you where I'm taking the I'm I'm going back on one of the oldest gambling adages you can have on this one, which is the the home the home dog, the short home dog. Um with yeah, the Giants showing signs of life, man. Like I don't I don't I know I'm not I'm not like the biggest uh, one that game night. And I, yeah. the Chiefs have not been good, obviously, and the Chiefs turned the ball over a couple times again in this game, but they could have won that game Monday night. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, next up, one o'clock slate. Oh my God. Um, the Atlanta Falcons head into New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints minus six. The Saints, another team that got some bad news this week, as Jameis Winston is out for the season with a torn ACL. So that means this is Trevor Simeon. Uh, I swore a couple weeks ago, I'm pretty sure that I was never going to do this again, but I don't see how I can escape the Atlanta Falcons getting six in a divisional matchup against the Saints, who they always play close, and the other team is going to be having Trevor Simeon as the quarterback. I I hold your nose and take the points with the with the Atlanta Falcons on this week for on this one for me. Billy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm on the same page there. Um, when I first looked at this line, I thought, okay, that's not a bad spot to take New Orleans. And I was like, oh, right. 
no Winston. Um, you're going like I, I don't care where the game is. It's a division game. Those tend to be close. You're going with your backup quarterback that you're just like just last week they figured this out. So it's not like they've had time to repair. This is a perfect spot to take Atlanta. Yeah, and man, Sean Payton, if if he keeps this going right now, because New Orleans is five and two. They're four and three against the spread as well. If he keeps this going, I don't see how he isn't coach of the year. Like if he if he keeps this going with like he I, someone said he's something like thirteen and thirteen and three in non Drew Brees games or something like that, which means he's thirteen and three with Trevor Simeon, Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill, right? Like that yeah. to me, that's more impressive than anything we've ever tried to claim that Bill Belichick has ever done without you know Tom Brady over the last few years uh, or, or whatever he hasn't had him. Uh, Craig, uh, what say you on this one? Billy and I seem to both be on the Falcons. What about you? I think I'm going the other way. Like, it's not going to go to my five, but I just, the Saints defense is really good. And nothing about the Falcons is good at all. Uh, so I think that. De- dead last in DVOA. Yeah, dead last in yeah, DVOA. Yeah, uh, this, this is, set, this is seven versus court. 32 in DVOA, this is, for sure. Um, the over-under here is 42 or 41 and a half, depending on which book you're looking at. Uh, I think this is an under. I think this is a low-scoring game. I think this is a game that the Saints win, and I'm talking about, like, you know, 17 to 3 type of thing. Ooh. That would be something. Yeah, I'm with you. That I like. That's such a trap under, isn't it? They're they're trying to bait the hook there with the 42 and a half. Don't fall for it. Take the under because I agree with Craig. This is going to be a weird grinded out game. It's going to be a lot of Alvin Kamara in this. And if Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan just has to take care of the ball in this game for me for this for the Falcons to like to for the Falcons to get a little bit of the upset. Uh, or sorry for the Falcons to potentially pull the upset here. And uh, in addition to covering the six, which I think they'll do, but. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's yeah, it's strange for me. I, I I just think Matt Ryan just has to not turn the ball over. But he he is the way it's going with Matt Ryan these days. It's not fun to bet on him for sure. But I think I I think it's I think it's the six, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe give the Falcons one last chance to clip old Matt Pierce there. You guys, this might this might be one of my five, although I don't. I don't love it. Speaking of not really loving it, the Buffalo Bills are heading into Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, and the Bills 14.5-point favorites on the road. <sighs> Bills coming off of their worst offensive performance of, uh, of the season last week against the Dolphins. If you, t- if you, took, the, uh, if you took the Bills in uh, survivor pools last week, although they were on the road, so I don't know why you did that, that ended up being – it was a lot – it was certainly a lot closer than that weird 26-11 to 11 score that we got. That's for sure. That was like – like because I don't think Buffalo did most of that t- – put up Buffalo's most of that 26 in the fourth. Quarters did nothing. I, I – I know nobody cares about fantasy, but just to put it into context, I lost in fantasy by like four points, and I had Emmanuel Sanders put up a goose egg this week because of the weird, the the, the way the the Bills' offense was just that weird and inept this week. But uh, I mean, it 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 is what it is. The Bills laying fourteen and a half, though. God, I don't want to. I think this is a stay away. But if it is, if is it not just to hold your nose and take the points? Like, because I can't imagine wanting to lay fourteen and a half on the road, even though, like, the, you know, the public and the, like the public is going to look at that and be like, "Yeah, I'm taking the Bills fourteen and a half, right?" Like, it just you can't lay the points with these road favorites. It's too high. Billy, what say you? Well, I've I've been a believer in the Bills all year. 
That's an awful lot of points. I, I, I think, especially on the road, I, I think you got to just take Jacksonville. It, it, stop looking at the teams uh, and just take the points here because it's too many for a team that it, – it's too many for any team. 14 and a half – like, you have it at 14 and a half, right? Yes. Yeah. So they're even putting a hook on 14, which is just cruel. Um, yeah, no, you got to take these points. I, I think you'll hold your nose and take the points. The counter argument to the holding your nose and taking the points, Craig, is the Jacksonville Jaguars are two and five against the spread this season so far, and they've been getting high lines. So I don't know what to make of this one. Uh, what do you think with the fourteen and a half? I think that I'm, if I was going to bet on it, I'm going to bet Buffalo, but it's it's pretty high. Is Buffalo the best team in the league? Uh, according to DVOA, yes. <laughs> so I think, let's. Yeah, uh, DVOA, yes. I think that if I were to rank the teams as far as um, who would be favored over who in neutral side games, I think Buffalo would be second to the Rams for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffalo is really good and Jacksonville is not. So I, I just don't know if I'd be all that thrilled about, uh, well, I have 14 and a half points. But I feel like that's something that would go away pretty quick in this circumstance. So for me, it's a stay away. And, you know, one of the marks of a good team is, is if you still get it done, even when you don't have your best stuff, you know, like like the teams that still like, OK, we don't necessarily we're not fired on all cylinders, but can we grind this one and still get the job done? And I realize it was against a one in se- a team that is now one in seven. But, you know, the Bills, were, like that was a neck and neck game until the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden it was the fourth quarter and the Bills were like, all right, let's quit effing around here. And then they they stopped effing around. and They won the game by 15 points. So, so by three scores. So. You know, it, 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 it's just weird, but the Bills are damn good. And, and uh, right now, the way the AFC looks, the road to the Super Bowl might go through Buffalo, which yep. is uh, crazy to think about. Uh, Nick, yeah, next up, the New England Patriots coming off probably the, the biggest win of the, uh, the, the Mac Jones era, I would say. Making me a little bit of a believer, but again, if you actually watch the footage of that game, it's it's not there's not a lot of Mac Jones stuff happening in that particular no, game. They won but, that you game. Watching attacking on defense. That's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so this game has seen a bit of line movement. Uh, it opened up at Patriots minus four, and it is now Patriots minus three and a half. So the sharps have come in on the Panthers. And I think I agree with them because I had this down written as one of my five with the Panthers getting the plus four. I think this is this is a good spot for uh, I think this is a good spot for for the Panthers to perhaps bounce back a little bit. Um, what do you think about this one, Billy? Patriots currently getting minus three and a half on the road. Yeah, I don't have a great read on either of these teams, um, and I certainly don't have much trust with either of these teams. Um. Yeah, I, I'm not confident either way. This is a stay away from me, but I, I feel like I like Carolina's side of this more than New England. Um, but I got no great reason for it. I just want nothing to do with both of these teams. And no interest in watching either of these teams. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, although Christian McCaffrey been, looks like he might be uh, back for this one. Oh, yeah. that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darnold doesn't look like he's going to go, though. No. Which, yeah, changes uh changes the equation a little bit. But yeah, this is a stay away from me gambling wise. And this is a stay away from me, hopefully red zone wise too. 
Fair enough. Um, yeah, I kind of like the Panthers. They might be one of my five, but that's with the plus four. I'm not that, that the, with the three and a half point hook. I don't like it. So uh, maybe wait till game time. See if the line adjusts back to Carolina. Um, what is the? I guess is it Browns Bengals? Is that the marquee matchup of the one o'clock slate? Has to be right. Oh, Divisional yeah. matchup, less than three. Uh, that's yeah. The game that I'm most Although Minnesota Baltimore, I think should be pretty good too. Yeah, that, that if Minnesota shows up for that one, then that has the potential to, to be game of the week. It could you know be game of the week potential? Like we said. Of, I just think it's going to be fun from the perspective of uh, a lot of points that are coming. Yeah, that could be that could be a, a, a high scoring of game for sure. Um, first game of the four o'clock slate, the Los Angeles Chargers on a bit of a skid right now. Uh, their third and fourth down uh, success has regressed a little bit to the mean, and that has caused uh, you know some of their woes as of the last couple of weeks. They're heading into Philadelphia, who absolutely embarrassed my Detroit Lions who were on the bye this week in what may have been the Lions best spot to get a W facing a mediocre team at home. And a lot of, there were a ton of sharps who were on the, on the money line and the Lions got absolutely embarrassed by like 47 points or whatever the hell the, the, the loss ended up being like, I, I, I can't believe that. And the Lions are going to be the first, they were the first team to go. zero and 16 and by God, they're going to be the first team to go. zero and 17. Uh, it's not looking good, but uh, the Eagles coming off a big win. They're catching a couple points at home this week. And I kind of like, Philadelphia in this game and I think they proved I mean because everybody like Miles Sanders was you know was one of those ones where it's like why don't they run the ball more with Philadelphia like I realize this is the era where we, we should be passing the ball a ton more but it might behoove the Eagles to just start running the ball a little bit and the Chargers can't the, the Eagles can run the ball the Chargers can't stop the run so I don't know I kind of like the Eagles catching points here and yeah I don't know. I, I like the Eagles getting plus one and a half against Los Angeles. What do you think, Craig? Ah, uh, I want the Chargers. Okay. Uh, I, I I understand it's you know, it's a weird spot, but I, I I just think this is a bounce back game for the Chargers. The Eagles defense has it's been all right, but I think this is a bounce back game for the Chargers. A get right game for the Chargers. I think Herbert has a couple of good throws here, and uh, and LA wins this game. Uh, DVOA, this is the closest matchup of the week. The Chargers are 16th and the Eagles are 17th, so not that much difference between the two teams, according to the the good people at Football Outsiders. Billy, where are you on this one with the Eagles as the short home dog? Yeah, those two are closer than I thought they would be in DVOA. Um, Yeah, I kind of like the Chargers here. I think the Chargers are a better team. There's not much of a spread there, so... uh, I think Herbert, like, he had a tough game last week. I, I think they will get it together a little bit more. The, the offense had found their rhythm most of the weeks this year, so I think this one's a bit of a, a return to the norm here. I, I like the Chargers. All right. Uh, both teams are great against the spread. Uh, Chargers are 4-3, and three and the Eagles are 4-4, four and four, so um, not much to discern there. Um, yeah, I, I seem to like the Eagles and you guys are on the Chargers, so we'll uh, have to wait and see, which, you know, makes sense with a line that's uh, ostensibly a coin flip. Yep. Uh, next up, the San Francisco 49ers are hosting the Arizona Cardinals. This is a line that has seen a little bit of movement, you guys. The This opened up at a pick 'em, 
And it has moved minus one to the Cardinals way. So right now the Niners are a one-point home dog. And I got to tell you, I like San Francisco at the pick em. I like them even more on the plus one because that's a lot of public money. I'm looking at it right now. And the tickets are all on the Cardinals, but the money is all on the San Francisco 49ers, which means that the Sharps are on the 49ers and the public is on the Cardinals. This, I think, is a good uh, spot for us to start fading Cliff Kingsbury, who always seems to start falling apart a little bit in the second half. So the Cardinals are coming off their first loss of the season. They do have the extra rest. But the Niners, they've habitually, in the in the Shanahan era, they've, they've had the Cardinals number. So I like the Niners. Uh, catching points in in this game and uh, a couple of the nine uh, a couple of the cardinals i think have uh hit the covid list and uh, nobody of significance AJ, yet but but aj green is AJ out it's the yeah so he's he's the big one um i like the niners too i think i just you're, you're right i i I'm not saying that the Cardinals are, are sort of held together with duct tape here, but what what happened in the, the end of that game? Like they they should have won that game against the Packers. Obviously, they didn't do it. Uh, I do wonder from the defensive perspective that like Watt was playing really really well, and mm-hmm. now that he's not going to be around for at least the foreseeable future and maybe the rest of the year, that might be a pretty big problem for them. A really big problem for them. So I, I just feel as though they, they should they, they gave away a game they should have won. Um, I'll uh, I'll take the Niners at home here. This is a game uh, as you mentioned the line has moved a little bit. Uh, you can get it at one and a half in some spots, but it's it's, mm. it's down to one in some places. So I, I still want the Niners. Uh, it's actually I, I believe at least one book I'm looking at here has it as a pick. So it's uh, the the money is coming in on the 49ers. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Billy, what say you on this one? The Cardinals are 6-2 and two against the spread, so they have been a spread-covering team, and the San Francisco Niners are 2-5 and five on the spread. So, uh, you know, there you go. Obviously, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fading the spread numbers right now in this one, or at least Craig and I are with San Francisco. Where are you on this one with the Niners catching one at home right now? Yeah, I don't, I don't have the faith in the Niners for – for that low of a spread, um, I like Arizona here. I, I trust that Arizona is going to go into San Fran and take care of business. Uh, I just think Arizona is a better team. And I think that San Fran might be able to keep it close, but that spread's not high enough to worry me. So I like Arizona here. All right. So uh, Billy's on the Niner, or Billy's on the Cardinals. Craig and I are on the Niners. Uh, last game of the four o'clock slate, which was lining up to be a banger, but in light of some news that came out this morning, it uh, seems less significant. This line, uh, Chiefs Packers in Kansas City, the line before the Aaron Rodgers news, who's going to miss this game with COVID, um, was Chiefs minus one. Which I kind of like the Chiefs, even though it, it sounds stupid. I do. I did kind of like the Chiefs at getting the minus one as the short home favorite, even though the Packers have 10 days rest. The Chiefs have the short rest, having played the Monday game. So everything's pointing to the Packers. But now with Aaron Rodgers out, Jordan Love in, the line opened up uh, or the line reopened up uh, this afternoon at Packers plus eight. And the Sharps hammered the plus eight like you wouldn't believe and so did I, and it is now Chiefs minus seven and a half, so we've seen a half-point movement since the line reopened up at eight. Chiefs minus seven and a half, I not only still like the Packers and think that this might be, perhaps this is the spot, start of the Jordan Love 
stuff for the Packers. But uh, I, I might, I might like the Packers money line here because the Chiefs defense is so so bad, you guys, right now. It it is unconscionably bad. Chiefs laying seven and a half right now against an Aaron Rodgers-less Green Bay Packers. Bill, where are you on this one? I, I mean, you're absolutely right about that Chief defense, um, and you're getting some some points with the Packers, but. How good can they be without Aaron Rodgers, I guess, is the question. Have they have they had to play a game without him yet? Like, in the last couple of years? Uh, I can't think of anything. Yeah, the last time yeah, that when he missed, like, the collarbone. Uh, but it was ugly. It was really, yeah. really ugly. Like, they were, they were a bad team when that was going down. Yeah, I I think I got to go with Kansas City. I, I mean... Yes, the defense is porous, but with such short notice and, and no doubt they're scrambling right now, I don't know that they'll be able to come with a game plan that's going to be effective against what is a capable team that's certainly had their struggles this year. So I'm going to take Kansas City and assume that Green Bay just hasn't had the, the, the preparation time needed. Uh, Green Bay, 7-1 and one straight up in real life and 7-1 and one against the spread. The Kansas City Chiefs, four and four, as we all know, two and six against the spread. So uh, a massive disparity in the covering of the spread between these two teams going the Packers' way. Uh, Craig, where are you right now with the Packers uh, catching seven and a half points in Kansas City? Uh, it's a stay away from me, but I, I kind of think that the Packers might be the way to go. I do too. If Jordan Love, like Jordan Love, was a first round pick. And, hey, he might not wind up being a great NFL quarterback. I guess we're going to see. But if Jordan Love is decent in this game, the Packers are going to score points. Devontae Adams is going to be back. They're going to like they're, they're going to be missing Robert Tunyon, which is a, a nice little valve for them on some of these plays. But they're, they're going to be able to move the ball on this Kansas City defense, I think, which is not good. Uh, and, and the Manning brothers are talking about on the, on the, the broadcast that they did on, on Monday uh, – Daniel Jones and the Giants were just badly picking on Daniel Sorensen, who I think that guy's a dirty player. So uh, him being embarrassed on national TV, I think, is fine. Um, I think that Jordan Love is going to be able to figure out, hey, where's 49 for Kansas City? I'm just going to throw it to whoever he's covering, and they might be in a good spot if they do that. So I, I think that the Chiefs win the game, but I'm going to take the Packers to cover. Yeah, I agree, and I think they're going to be one of my five, quite frankly. And I might sprinkle a little on the Packers' money line because I still think the Packers can get away with a W here because the Chiefs' defense is just that friggin' bad that Jordan Love might look like. Uh, remember Matt Flynn had that weird five-touchdown pass or whatever, five-touchdown pass yep. game against the Lions and got himself a nice little contract? I like. I don't see why we can't see something, maybe not five touchdown here's, passes, but something 75% of that, right, from Jordan Love here against yeah, his terrible here's, defense. Here's the one, yeah, no, I think that's fair. Here's the one thing I would say on, the, the, on the behalf of Kansas City here is eventually they're going to have a game where they stop turning the ball over in the red zone, and when that game happens, they're going to score 40 points. So yeah. maybe that's just we'll see. Could be. What do we do with Aaron Rodgers at this point, you guys? I mean, obviously, like, the, the Packers fans are going to get a little glimpse into what next year is going to be like with this game because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be back with the Green Bay Packers. This has been an unconscionable season slash offseason of what we like to refer to as selfish football from Aaron Rodgers. But 
like at the end, he's still like a top three quarterback in the league. So he's able to get away with this type of stuff. Like this is, this is, this is bad. Here's yeah, this is very bad. Here's what I'll say. I like on the Aaron Rodgers versus Brian Guntekust feud. I was firmly on Aaron Rodgers' side. I thought the Packers had handled a lot of things poorly, and Aaron Rodgers had every right to be pissed off about those things. On the Aaron Rodgers versus telling the truth about your vaccination status feud, I am not on Aaron Rodgers' side. <laughs> I, I feel that you should tell the truth about your vaccination status. Oh, yeah. And there's like photos of him in that Halloween party and stuff partying because they had the Thursday night game, and it's like, mm, trouble of brewing. Oh, anyway, moving on. Sunday night game, a game that uh, might have been a little bit, uh, still should be pretty good, I think, but obviously had had potential to be a little bit juicier had Derrick Henry still been involved. Unfortunately, he's out, and the old curse of 370 uh, prevails again, and it's just like, man, it's just a lot of touches for, for Derrick Henry, who was on pace to break Larry Johnson's 416 record in, like... From what I've read, Larry Johnson holds records for most touchdowns in, or for most touches in a season by a single person at 416. And with the extra game and the fact that uh, Derrick Henry was already well into the 200s in terms of touches, he was like on pace to shatter that Johnson record after the last two years of people going, this guy should be getting less touches because you're running him into the ground. And here we are with a Liz Frank injury that's likely going to keep him out for the rest of the season, even though I know there's conflicting reports on how long he's going to be out. Uh, the Titans are heading to L.A. to take on the Rams. The Rams, seven-and-a-half-point favorites with the getting the hook. Um, so, Bill, where are you on with the Rams at home getting the seven-and-a-half-point hook? Yeah, I'm on Tennessee here. I, I think the Rams are a better team. Um, but Tennessee is a capable football team, and I'm getting seven points plus a hook. Uh, yes, they lost Henry, but they sh- they should be able to still move the ball. It's not like they were 100% reliant on him. They'll just have to shift to play action, get Tannehill to make some nice throws. They have some great receiver talent who hopefully they're all healthy. I think they can, you know, audible here, so to speak, and, and still play a good football game, and that's why I think they'll keep it close enough. So I like Tennessee to uh, to cover the spread here. DVOA would suggest that the two teams that are fighting for looking the luckiest so far this year are Tennessee and Las Vegas. Tennessee is 20th in DVOA despite their 6-2 and two record, and they keep finding ways to pull games out of their ass. Um, I was suggesting to you, Bill, off mic before we started this pod that because we were talking about how the Titans have brought in Adrian Peterson – who I don't think will be suiting up for the Titans this week. But I think if if Tennessee's thought process is that they're going to attempt to recreate Derrick Henry in the aggregate, I think that, personally, I think that that's a bad idea. I think the path to continued success for the Tennessee Titans in terms of just getting W's is I think they should, I think they got to try to open it up a little bit. You know, like you still got A.J. Brown, you got Julio Jones, I think you just might have to rest it on the arm of Tannehill and just throw it a little bit more, work a little play action, and then try to open stuff up for the, the running backs that are not Derrick Henry on this team that you know might still be pretty good. Craig, where are you on this one with the Rams uh, laying 7.5 uh, against Tennessee? Well, a couple things on this. For starters, um, I think there might be but one running back in the league, if there is one running back in the league, 
where you think that the the team's fate will be shifted by the fact that he's not there for the rest of the season. Uh, Derrick Henry is that is that guy. He's that player. Um, I think that if the Titans were in a more competitive division, this would be uh, completely altering their season. What's happened here? Because so much of what they do on offense is based on him. So much of what they do is the threat of play action to him. Whereas if you're a defender now and that pay, play action is to McNichols or, you know, Adrian Peterson, not classic AP, but, you know, the latter version, um, it just isn't the same. You just don't, you, you, okay, even if, even if they are handing to the running back, whatever, I've got, I've got some time to figure that out before this turns into a disaster play. Whereas with Henry, you don't. So I think it just hugely impacts what they do. It hugely impacts what this offense is going to be. Uh, I think that I would go with the Rams here. Just the Titans cornerback situation has been really, really bad. And now they're going to deal with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and friends. I just don't think that's going to be a good look for them. Uh, so, and and plot, the other thing with the Titans is this is troublesome too. Um, for just this week, for years, we've seen guys have career years as the edge rusher who lines up to next to Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald draws so much attention. We've seen guys have career years. They go get paid someplace else because of doing that. Well, now the guy is Von Miller. <laughs> and I think that is going to cause some very significant problems for opposing teams' offensive lines, and the Titans have dealt with that a little bit this year. So I think that this has the potential to be just a really negative game for Tennessee. I'm not saying Tennessee's season is cooked, but the adjustment into post Derrick Henry life is um, is, is going to be is going to be very difficult, at least in this first week here. Yeah, I agree. I think it, the the hook is what I'm worried about, and I think Tennessee has enough horses that they can the back door. I think like Tannehill is good. Like Tannehill is is good. He's a, he's a good NFL quarterback. And they've still got Jones, who's busted loose the last couple of weeks. And, you know, Julio Jones is still there. So I'm worried about the seven and a half point. Like, if it was just seven, I might be on the Rams. But the, the half point is a key number for me right now. And I, I would be worried about the Titans covering in the back door on this one. Even without Derrick Henry, which, as you're right, as you were saying, Craig, does stop kind of what they do in, in their tracks. Tennessee, six and two I against the spread. the most spread. And he's the most significant non-quarterback in the league as far as how you feel about what he's going to do for a team on a week-to-week basis. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, you know, maybe yeah. there's an Aaron Donald conversation or whatever, but but I think that Henry's the most significant non-quarterback. Well, Devontae Adams moved the spread by three points. I'd never seen that happen for a wide receiver before. I so was, I think that was not a, like if that was just Adams. Maybe it's only a point and a half or two, but the fact that it was Adams and Lazard at the same time, so you're losing both your top two receivers, I think that's what that was, is kind of a compounding factor. Um, nonetheless, you're right. Adams did move that line a few points. Yeah, which was crazy. Yeah, so we're all kind of leaning towards the Rams, although I'm I'm cautiously worried about the seven and a half point with the, the half point hook that we're getting on this one. Um Monday night game, not a great matchup. The Chicago Bears head into Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. The Steelers minus six and a half point favorites, you guys. I mean, as 
as far as I'm concerned right now, I know I mentioned it earlier that Sean Payton is the, you know, should be considered for coach of the year. Mike Tomlin's right there with him. I don't know how the hell he's got this Pittsburgh Steelers team at four and three right now. And he, I don't know how he's going to do it the rest of the way, but he's going to grind this team to like nine, 10 wins like he always does. And, and it's just, we're going to look back at the end and be like, wait, the Steelers have how many wins? They were so terrible. And Roethlisberger was a corpse the entire season. But, I, man, he's he's going to do it. Steelers laying six and a half against the Bears. Uh, Bill, what say you? Yeah, I think it's a bit high for me. I'm taking the Bears. Um, I, I just don't know that, that Pittsburgh has done enough to deserve six and a half. Like, I, I think Pittsburgh wins this game. I really do. I, they don't lose against that many bad teams. Um, but that's just too many. I think Pittsburgh kicks a field goal to win it. I think we're talking three, four points. So give me give – me, uh, Give me the spread. I think I agree with you, Bill, because uh, even though I was bigging up Mike Tomlin and saying he should be coach of the year, one thing that has happened in his tenure, when really bad teams come into Pittsburgh, and Chicago's a really bad team, they're 26th in DVOA, um, the Steelers, while they've won some of these games, they've been, most of them, I would say, they've been ugly. Where they, they, they tend to do the thing where they play down to their opponents sometimes. And Justin Fields is coming off the best young play, the best career of his, uh, sorry, best play of his young career so far with that touchdown run against the Niners. That was incredible. Uh, uh, he was pretty good that game. Like He was. The pass not quite what you want yet. Uh, maybe it'll get there. But uh, if I were a Bears fan, I'd be encouraged uh, the, the downside would be that you're going to Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football, so maybe that's not the best place to build on what you did against the Niners. One thing I'll say is about what we saw in that Pittsburgh game last night. If you ever sat on the couch and entertained the idea in your own mind about, like, I could last on an NFL field, take a look at happened, what happened to Chris Boswell in that game when Pittsburgh went for a trick play with a punter because Chris Boswell getting blasted one time as a punter, that's what it looks like when a regular human being who does not belong on an NFL field looks like. Cause Chris Boswell is a regular human being who does not belong on an NFL field. Cause he's a freaking punter and look what happened. He well, got hit dead. once and he was nearly killed. Right? Like ugh, it gotta hate kickers. I, and I still can't believe that cost game. The fact that they didn't have a kicker, they have a game that close and they don't, I, yeah, that was unbelievable. The Browns, the Browns not winning that game was bad. That was bad. I thought it was glorious because I I think that that what we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers doing there or what they had to do because their kicker was out for for the game and they have like a three hundred pound punter for some reason. I yet another reason why I'm like, why do these guys exist? You got a punter out there who's basically eating a sandwich while he's kicking the ball. It's it's unconscionable the guys who use their feet in football i just i have no respect for them whatsoever um i just i i think we got a glimpse into what football is going to be like soon you guys with, with just the the just never kicking the football i i it may take 20 years but i think we're eventually going to get there because it, it's just it's wearing thin i love it it's it's like like barefoot kickers are going to go the way like or are eventually going to give way to no foot kickers because they are not going to exist anymore. And quite frankly, I'm all for it. I cannot wait to welcome uh, to usher in this no kicker era that we are we are currently doing. Um as for the game, I'm with Bill on the uh the Bears laying like catching the points in Pittsburgh. What do you think, Greg? I want the Bears too. I think that Fields does enough to keep this game close. All right, 40 is the over-under for this game. 40. 
nearly we nearly cracked the we we nearly cracked the below 30 which is always uh we we, we nearly got into the 30s for an over under which is always uh you know it happens once twice a year in the nfl and we we nearly got it with this one but i'm pretty sure this is the lowest uh point total we've had of the season so far Oh, that's it for week nine. All that's left to do is do our picks and then talk us through the survivor. Billy, you won last week. Why don't you kick us off for week nine? Alrighty, I will. Load up my picks here. So I will go with Atlanta, Cincinnati, the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Cardinals. Ooh. I'll give you the pick with Arizona inst- instead of laying the one, since that's what it opened up at. Um, Craig, uh, week nine, who you got? Yeah, I am going to go with Bengals. I will be taking the Saints, which I know I'm laying six. I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, I'll be taking, I'll take the bears and you know what? I'm taking the Rams too. We'll go both night games. Oh, all right. Chicago getting six and a half and the Rams are laying the seven and a half. Um, I'm going to make it a clean sweep with Cincinnati. So I think that's our third or fourth week in a row where all three of us are on at least one team. Uh, I'm going to take Carolina plus the four. Um, I'm going to fade Billy. I'm taking San Francisco in the one. Give me Green Bay catching the eight against the Chiefs. And I thought long and hard about this fifth one. I thought about going along with Billy with Atlanta. Uh, I thought about taking the points with Philly. Instead, I think I'm going to do something I don't normally do. And for my fifth pick, I'm going to lay the ten and a half with the Colts against the Jets, you guys. That's what I'm going to do. I think I think I, I believe in the fact that the Jets are coming off uh, a, a big win with a guy in his first start, and I do not think that will replicate itself on a short week. So I'm going to I'm gonna take the Colts. So Bengals, Panthers, Colts, Niners, Packers for Matt Pierce. And all that's left to do is figure out our survivor picks for this week. I'm staring at two games. And... So Craig wants the Cowboys. That that's the one. It's it, it, so the Cowboys are, are laying ten against the Broncos. I I just I want to make the case for the Miami Dolphins here because I do think they're going to win this game against the Texans. What I want to say and have it on record for the podcast is I think that we should take the Dolphins, but. If we catch wind, because we don't know right now, if it's Davis Mills, I want to take the Dolphins in Survivor. If it's Tyrod Taylor, I don't want to be anywhere near the freaking Dolphins in Survivor. So can I talk you guys into taking the Dolphins with the caveat that Davis Mills is starting the game for the Texans at all? Because this is going to be our one. This will be our one and only shot to take the Miami Dolphins all year. And the Cowboys will have several other shots because they're going to get to play, you know, pretty much they're going to get to play their entire division at some point. Right. Yeah. But I say to that, they are unlikely to play a game against a team that traded its best player on Tuesday the rest of the season. Um, At home, no less. Uh, They host the Falcons in a week. The Cowboys? No, I I understand there's going to be other chances at the Cowboys. I, I don't dispute that. 
I just I like to be sure about these things. And you have 17 weeks here, which means there are 15 teams you don't have to use. Let's make the Miami Dolphins one of those 15 teams. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, we're going to get into if we do get deep, we're going to have to start getting into some of these weeks where we got to pick two teams. Right. I guess. I guess yeah, I guess I guess you have 18 weeks. But and, and well, I don't know for the rules of what, of what we're doing here. If we have to have, you know, I've never been in a limited pool where you had to start picking the two teams thing. So um, you're just trying to get to the end. Right. Um, so to me. If there are 14 teams you don't have to use, because I forgot about the 18th week, but just bear with me. There are 14 mm-hmm. teams you don't have to use. I think it's pretty fair to say, let's make the Miami Dolphins one of those 14 teams. I understand. They're like, it's, it's just, it, I just don't trust this team. I think it's bad. I think there's some dashly decent pass rushers that play for Houston. And yeah. I just, I, I'd be worried about this just being an ugly, sloppy game no matter who's playing quarterback for Houston. Whereas I, just, I know Dallas is going to win this game. Like, I know who's going to win. Okay. All right. So we're going to lock in the Dallas Cowboys. Unless, Bill, do you have anything you want to add, or are we going with the Cowboys for week nine in Survivor? No. I uh, No, I don't see anyone better than that. Unless you wanted to take – Do we have we taken Pittsburgh yet? No, we have not taken the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly favorited, but uh, no. We, we thought that. about it in that C- We thought about it in that Seattle game when Geno, when they were hosting Geno Smith in that Sunday nighter, but we, we went with another team. I think yeah, we went with the Colts that week. Any game. Four touchdowns. Other mm-hmm. than next week against the Falcons, uh, maybe hosting Washington on, on Boxing Day is a pretty good, uh, pretty good spot. But other than that, there's no... No place I would take. Well, away at the Giants, yeah. Uh, I, I say we take the Cowboys now. We'll find other teams to play as we go forward. All right. All right, so we're uh, locking in the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm going to, in our Slack, attempt to talk to maybe talk to you guys into taking the Dolphins <laughs> over the next couple of days. So uh, We'll see how it goes. All right, so that is it for this week. Uh, crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com, slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, so please check us out on any of those and give us a uh, review, please, on uh, any of those. So that... Um, might be it for this week. We'll see. I know Internals comes out this week. I'm going to try to catch that, although that one's not getting great reviews uh, out the gate for that one. First time in a while, some bad reviews for uh, a Marvel flick. But I can't tell if that's because it's actually not a good movie or if because the, uh, like, I think there's a couple of gay care. I, th- I think they've made a couple of characters in this one gay and uh, you know the usual folk of the internet who don't care for that sort of thing have decided to dive bomb the reviews as is often their uh, choice as horrible people. Um, so I guess I'll have to go and see for myself if it's a good flick and then we'll likely as we do with uh, most of the MCU flicks we'll uh, discuss it. I just don't know it'll either be uh, late this week or early next week but uh, either way that'll get done. Uh, either way, we will talk to you next week as we will break down week nine and discuss week 10. So Craig, Bill, as always, pleasure doing this with you guys. Take care. May all your breaths be prosperous and we'll see you next time on the crossover podcast. (laughs) 